0: Welcome to Future Focused, Sophisticated Estate Planning with Wigan and Dana, the show where CPAs, insurance professionals, investment brokers, trust companies, CFPs, and more can firm up on their understanding of estate planning strategies so they can better guide their clients to make wise decisions with their legacy. Future Focused is hosted by Aaron Nichols and Michael Clear, partners of the private client services department at Wigan and Dana. Subscribe to Future Focused, Sophisticated Estate Planning on your favorite podcast platform and share episodes with your clients. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron and Michael.
1: So this is Michael Clear, and I am here today with Sarah Moore from The Coil Company. Sarah, why don't you introduce yourself for us?
2: Sure. Thanks so much. My name's Sarah Moore. I work with The Coil Company. We are a small boutique life insurance planning firm that handles estate planning and business planning matters for ultra wealthy clients. Just happy to be here talking. As we kind of go into 2024, some of the things that we're thinking and talking to our clients about our existing clients is it's always a good time to turn the page and take a fresh look at some of your existing life insurance policies and your portfolios and making sure that they're doing something desirable for your estate and your planning goals. We've all been looking and thinking about interest rates and Traditionally speaking, most of the time, we inherently think that rising interest rates are going to be really helpful for our life insurance policies as insurance companies are able to then pass back additional value to their policyholders, which is really great. And I think that that's going to be a good trend for our industry. With that, there's also rising interest rates as it relates to loans on policies. So some of the things that we're looking out for for our clients and talking to different clients about is saying, OK, if you have a whole life policy, for example there was enough value in that policy to pay your premiums with the underlying cash value, it's likely through a loan. And those loans over time with a rising interest rate can sometimes cause the policy not perform so well. The interest rates are eating away at the value. So They may
1: have taken out that loan when the rates were significantly low. lower. They calculated out and said, we can handle this for some period of time.
2: Absolutely. Obviously, the assumptions have changed. And Most companies use the Moody's index, comes out on a monthly basis. And so depending on when your policy anniversary is, it's going to change and likely it's going to go up. And sometimes you can see interest rates on an insurance policy if it's variable upwards to 8%. And that very quickly can start to eat into the value of a policy. So you just want to be making sure that if there is a potential policy on your loan that you're taking a look at it, the value is still being able to support the ongoing premium payments any types of insurance policies that were structured and designed in a way that you potentially might take out value for retirement income. Those withdrawals are usually in the form of a loan. You're likely not going to be able to withdraw as much as you potentially thought at one point you might be able to. So we're just kind of making sure that the goals that you had for your policies are continuing to do the things that you want them to do and making sure that if for whatever reason you do need to reconfigure or redesign your policy. If those are owned in a trust, potentially you might need to think about gift tax implications. And there's opportunities right now with a a high exemption to be able to do that without any gift tax implications. So we're just focused on making sure that not only are we talking about new opportunities, but making sure that our clients are in a good position with their existing portfolios.
1: Yeah. So you talked there for a second about the trust-owned life insurance side of it, and this seems very relevant on the trust-owned side, partially because you have a trustee with that fiduciary responsibility. What should that trustee be thinking? How does he actually approach that analysis?
2: Obviously working with an insurance professional that understands the underlying mechanics of that policy. But I think a trustee probably doesn't necessarily know the intricacies of how a policy works, but they don't necessarily need to. It's going out and asking for an in-force illustration from that insurance company. And I think looking at different underlying assumptions, and you can reach out to us. We're happy to be a second side of eyes for clients as it relates to looking at their insurance policies. We would start with, one, looking at the policies themselves and the underlying performance, but then also asking the question about, is this doing something desirable for your long-term goals? So maybe your goals have changed. Maybe you don't necessarily need to be sticking a lot of money into an insurance policy. Maybe you need to protect wealth. Maybe you need to decrease your death benefit. So it's always thinking about not only the performance of the policy, but also how is that integrating into your estate planning goals? Those are the two ways that we would look at it.
1: How often would you recommend that a trustee go through that? Clearly, if we have a loan, we're going to do it, but in general as well
2: depending on the type of product. So term is a pretty easy, uncomplicated type of product. I wouldn't say you would necessarily have to review those every year, but certain products have a lot of moving parts and very similar to any other asset. You would want to make sure every two years you're just taking a look at it and saying, okay, I've ensured that this is still what is best for my client or for the beneficiaries of this trust.
1: So we can think of situations where a client has, for a variety of reasons, and maybe I'll phrase this incorrectly and you can simply correct me, they have chosen not to continue to make premium payments. Correct. And they yeah. allow the the, the value the of the value policy of yeah. to so do that.
2: in let's say a whole life policy, there is usually a dividend that's paid annually on a policy. And a lot of times the dividend is increasing and we've seen that trend, but it's maybe not increasing at the same rate as let's say a loan rate. And that convergence can sometimes, you're not getting as much arbitrage as you think that you are. But yeah, a lot of times, if you've been paying your premiums for a long time, you've built up enough cash value. And the goal was always that the dividend then would cover your ongoing premium. So yeah, it's just checking in to make sure that the dividend is able to do that. And a lot of times it is. We absolutely review whole life policies and they're doing exactly what they need to be doing.
1: Especially great when it's owned by a trust and the trustee can go, oof, thank yeah. you.
2: And that trustee is like, And goodness. <laughs> yeah. As a good trustee and as you mentioned, a fiduciary, you want to also just take a look in and a peek and it doesn't necessarily have to be a long process, but you also want to make sure nothing has changed.
1: Sometimes we see a lot of trust. We have a lot of trusts that are generation skipping tax exempt at this point. Are you seeing any interesting kind of multi-generational use of insurance there?
2: Yes, absolutely. Traditionally, I think life insurance policies were always owned in an islet. That's the only thing that's in the trust. But as time has gone on, we've seen a lot of life insurance policies being owned in other types of trusts, GST being one of them. And really, when you think about G1 could potentially fund a life insurance policy on G2 for the benefit of G3, inside of a GST trust. And we are seeing that more frequently just because G2, for whatever reasons, also has a significant estate tax and what was left in the GST trust will ultimately be used to fund those taxes. And so creating life insurance offers a pool of liquidity to ensure that what other assets are in the GST trust do flow and are used for the purposes of those beneficiaries. Yeah,
1: you're just creating that liquidity generation over generation to keep the flow going. Keep the flow,
2: exactly. Life insurance can be a really great tool for generational wealth planning because again, it creates liquidity. When you're thinking about the assets that you're transferring to your beneficiaries, to your kids, to your grandkids, you have to think about what's the composition of those assets. Did you spend all of the liquidity to pay the taxes and now these beneficiaries are left with private business assets and real estate and they are looking for income not only what are you leaving, but what's the composition of those assets that you're leaving? And is it what everyone thinks that they're going to be receiving?
1: As we wrap it up, you want to give me a final thought or something else we're looking forward to or just something that everyone should be thinking about as we head into this 2024 year?
2: As we get closer and closer to 2026, all of us on the estate planning side are encouraging clients to be thinking about their long-term planning goals. And we would always say that Life insurance can be a really interesting tool as a consideration in their long-term estate planning goals, specifically for clients that have illiquid assets. Life insurance is interesting because it offers a time diversification as well. You're creating immediate liquidity at a time that you potentially really need it. Everyone always thinks that there's always more time and that's always true, but your health is also an asset. Continuing to wait can work out and sometimes it doesn't, but also thinking about your health and your wealth together is always a good
0: consideration.
1: Well, thank you very much. And thank you for joining me and giving those great insights today.
0: Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Future Focused, sophisticated estate planning, hosted by Aaron Nichols and Michael Clear, partners of the private client services department at Wigan & Dana. At Wigan & Dana, our aim is preserving the wealth that a family has worked so hard to create and pride ourselves in offering value-driven solutions and results. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform, share episodes with your clients, and follow our highly talented, creative, and experienced lawyers on LinkedIn for even more great insight. We'll see you next time on future-focused, sophisticated estate planning.